solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of Locked On Texans, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for USA Today, Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with the greatest co-host in the world. John Scotty Pippen Hickman. Just playing, man. It's your boy, some sports guy. Happy to be back to talk the Houston Texans with you this week. As you guys know, we are limiting our show, so... There are some things that I think is very important to look at with this team as we get ready for the next month of offseason. But first, I want to let you guys know about Rock Auto. This show is sponsored by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sitting you. For today's show, we have Nick Casario's comments about Deshaun Watson, the first time he actually has ever opened up to this extent about his quarterback situation. We're also going to look at the run game that Houston has and what Whitney Merciless can or cannot do for this roster moving forward. I think it's very important to discuss. But first, Nick Casario's comments in response to Deshaun Watson, Casario said that they will take it slow until Watson's name is cleared. Continue to say we're taking it one day at a time and really control the things we can control. The players have been focused on their attitude and approach in the building, and they've handled everything very well. He continued with, I think we're respectful of what's happening, respectful of the process and everybody that's involved. The most important thing is for all of us, the coaches and players and myself included, is to focus on the things we can control as we get more information as we get closer to training camp, we'll try to make the best decision for Houston, uh, whatever that entails. I love it, man. We, we've, we've never really heard too much out of Nick Casario regarding Deshaun Watson, especially within the last couple of months, maybe early on when he first got to town. You know, he was adamant on keeping him on this roster, keeping him on this team, which, of course, you want that out of your first year general manager and head coach. Like, you don't want. You don't want the Texans to go through what the Rockets went through, uh, which, you know, ironically enough, that is what is going to happen. Just two different situations about on how it will come about. But, you know, I think for Casario, Cully, everybody involved, but specifically Casario, it's more than important to set the tone. Uh, we talked about, Tyrod Taylor, he came out and said that he is the number one guy essentially for this team this season. That was very important. Why, Cody? What did I say? He set the tone. And that was our conversation that we had last week about Tyrod Taylor, the first time we'd heard from him. So the first time we're hearing from Nick Casario in a good fashion where he's actually giving us something to talk about in regards to Deshaun Watson's legal situation, you know, he says we can only control the things we can control. I want to pause right there. Amid all the, the BS that's been going on with this team, uh, whether it's the hiring of Casario, the hiring of David Cully, the off-field issues, the Jack, Jack Easterby news, Casario has, since day one, tried to do everything to make this roster as competitive as possible, limited cap space, which he gained throughout the course of the offseason by making very intricate moves. And he also had to work an uphill battle 
by bringing in players that are not big free agency names. Like we, we had a rundown of players throughout the early parts of the offseason that we would like to see Houston go after. But the fact of the matter is, if they are free agents, then that means they control their own destiny. And Houston is not in a position right now as a franchise that they can afford to bring in big names due to money and the fact that their likeness and image is very deplorable right now around the NFL. That's how it is. But Casario has done everything he can to make this roster competitive. Uh, control the things we can control. And to that, we've always given him a kudos, a pat on the back. Right now with the Deshaun Watson situation, all he can do is get ready for that. All he can do is prepare. And in the meantime, he wants to make sure that he can set the tone for this roster. I like the quote simply because he's not giving us too much, but he's giving us more than he's gave us before. But the simplicity of it is basically, what do you want me to do outside of my job right now? I'm the general manager, and I can control the things with this roster. Even though Deshaun is on the roster, we don't know if he's going to play next year or the year after that. We don't know. There's a legal situation happening, and I got to take care of my own ass. I got to cover my own ass by making sure this team is competitive as possible. I'm going to make sure the guys know that. I'm going to make sure the quarterback and new head coach knows that. That's simply all he can do right now. That's why that quote was important, because – is basically just a, how would I like to put it? It's him reminding us that we can't rush the process. We got to trust the process. And the process takes a long damn time. Look at Joel B. He was the number two in MVP. It took him a while to even stay healthy on the court. The process is going to take a while. Give us that time and, and let me work on this team by getting guys prepared for day one. And he did that interview on Sports Radio 610 on yesterday morning. Please be sure to use the Odyssey app if you listeners want to hear it as well. Um, he did that during the painting Pendergast show yesterday morning on Sports Radio 610. But, John, I agree with everything that you just said. And that quote by Nick Casario just confirmed the speculations that you and I have been having, especially me, about the possibility of the Texans actually taking their time in trading Deshaun because I wanted to bring that up. We know prior to the month of June, there was a lot of people saying that there was, that, that there's going to be a trade that's going to happen in June. There's going to be a trade that's going to happen on the first week of June. And here we are. June is halfway over. We are sitting here on June 15th, 2021. And, and that's not necessarily saying that those people were wrong, but the chances of the Texans trading Deshaun in the midst of a lawsuit mean that they are not going to get fair value for him. And I know for a fact that whenever Nick Asirio decides to pull a trigger on a Deshaun Watson trade, he's going to do what's best for this organization. And as of right now, if it is just every now and then dancing around a Deshaun Watson question, they're going to make sure they do everything possible to stay patient, to get his trade value back up in order to get this team back on the right track for a post life without Deshaun Watson. However, John, what I do want to call you out on really quick, just really quick, it's a statement that you made about the Houston Rockets. This is not the same situation when they was moving on from James Harden because unlike the Texans, the Rockets never wanted to accept the fact that they need to depart from James Harden. And that's why they ended up in the situation that they are in. However, when you look at the Texans, they have already accepted it. You talked about Tyrod Taylor coming out and basically claiming himself as the 
number one quarterback. You see the quotes from Nick Casario. And if we go back and take a look at his quotes from when he first became general manager, what is the number one quote he was always saying? What's the number one statement he was always saying? They have no interest in trading Deshaun. We even heard it from David Culley. After this lawsuit, we have saw a complete 180 from the Houston Texans. And I also want to mention, if you want to know more about the James Harden and how the Rockets are going to rebuild after that fiasco, please be sure to go check out JT Gatlin over at Locked On Rockets. Either way, when we are looking at the Houston teams, excluding the Astros, even the Sabercats, like the Rockets, the, the Texans, we are all in a point of having to accept that the team that we want to see may not be what we are going to actually see anytime soon. However, I would like to tell you guys how you can make up for some of the sadness that you will go through by making some extra money with Better Online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, the odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs to the NBA Finals. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Bet Online is your online sports book experts. And continuing with this first week edition of Locked On Texans, last week John and I talked about the possibility of the run game being much improved going into the 2021 season. We all know that we David Culley as the Texans' new head coach, plus the possibility of Tim Kelly coming out and saying that he wants to call more running plays. We all have came to the conclusion that this is going to be a run-heavy offense next season. But even when we started to analyze the run game, John and I kind of forgot about the most important aspect of the Texans' run game last week because we got so excited talking about the offensive line and what they can do. We didn't have an opportunity to talk about the running backs and how much better we are expecting this run game next season to be. And John and listeners, I know going into training camp that is set to take place on July 27th, going into training camp, the Texans have a total of seven running backs on their roster. But let's be real. We know three out of the seven are going to receive majority, if not all of the snaps, barring any type of significant injuries from Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson. Looking at what I was able to watch over the last two weeks when I had an opportunity to go to Texans OTAs, I actually want to speculate on how I'm projecting the Texans running back depth chart to be. And when I take a look at Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson, right off the bat, Philip Lindsay should be the Texans' starting running back. First and foremost, he's the youngest out of the three. He is a guy who just rushed for over 2,000 yards in two of his first three seasons when he started his career as a member of the Denver Broncos. And yes, he is a smaller back, but he is a versatile running back that does more than run up the A-gap. He is a guy who can run on the outside. And I wanted to bring that point up because 
I don't know if it was because the Texans were working with running backs who might have been less versatile than Phillip Lindsay, but how many times last season did we see the Texans, every time they ran the ball, there was an 80-90% chance they were running up the A-gap. With a versatile running back like Phillip Lindsay, that should not be the case in 2021. Their second running back should be Mark Ingram. Yes, he is the oldest running back out of the bunch, but I can see Ingram being your third down back, and he is someone who can actually fill in for Philip Lindsay from time to time, depending on how long these series are going to be. And I also want to mention what I like most about Mark Ingram is the fact that he has been one of the best running backs who can score in the red zone. John, how many times last year did the Texans get into the red zone and they were unable to score given the inabilities of David Johnson? A few times. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, during last season, David Johnson had 15 attempts in the red zone and only saw the end zone a total of four times. In comparison to Mark Ingram, yes, I had to go back to the 2019 season because we all know due to injuries and COVID, Mark Ingram did not see the field that much last season. But during the 2019 season, Mark Ingram had 27 attempts in the red zone and scored a total of eight times, led the Baltimore Ravens in total rushing touchdowns in the red zone. Mark Ingram has always been a red zone threat throughout his career. As a matter of fact, taking it a little bit farther during the 2018 season, his final year as a member of the New Orleans Saints, he had 33 attempts in the red zone and scored nine times. That is something the Houston Texans are going to desperately need in 2021, especially considering, as everyone knows, they are going into the season without Deshaun Watson. So where does that lead David Johnson? I can actually see DJ being a guy similar to Duke Johnson. Unless Lindsey Ingram are hurt, they can't give it a go. They're questionable for that particular game. Then I could see David Johnson being used as a second down or a third down back. But David Johnson is going to be used as a pass catcher. And after watching him last season, yes, he was subpar in the running game, but he was valuable the most he was at his best when he was being used as a pass catcher coming out of the backfield that is what i see from david johnson for this upcoming season and by the way i do want to mention this john before i give the floor back over to you i did not have an opportunity to see mark ingram doing otas over the last two weeks however philip Lindsay. I did notice that he was getting a lot of reps with the first unit. And the only time David Johnson got reps with the first unit was when him and Tyrod Taylor was working on pass catching drills together. I don't know, man. I think David Johnson makes a little bit too much right now to be the third back on this on this roster, on this depth chart. I think uh I, I think when I look at what David Johnson can do with a better offensive line, though. That, like, that's the thing. With a better O-line, I think David Johnson can do a lot more for this team than what Mark Ingram can. Uh, but when we look at the run game, Cody, let me tell you what I, I, I want to see. I want to see how Danny Barrett, you know, is going to work with David Cully. And David Cully is a guy that has a lot of experience as a, you know, run game uh, coordinator, you know, 
and Danny Berry is a Houston Texans running back coach. I want to see how they can skip schematically win with this running back group. Do we think that the Texans actually have some sort of explosive dynamic running back? No, I don't think so. I, I like Philip Lindsay. Depending on the health of Philip Lindsay, I think I, he could be that. And I he, like Philip Lindsay. He was trending really in do. that right direction his first two years in Denver. And, and I'm glad you said that because when we 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 know that he's coming off a, a injury riddle season in a sense, and they also signed Melvin Melvin Gordon, so they really wanted to get him the ball. I think they were kind of understanding that maybe they hit a plateau a ceiling with uh, Lindsey. But the same can be said about Mark Ingram. He battled a lot of injuries and his own personal issue with football with football last season. So I don't think we have one of these. Smash and dash, ground. I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily what this team will have at running back outside of. I do believe Philip Lindsay is a good young back, but I have been one of the guys that has you know praised. I mean, praised Kyle Shanahan when he what he did with that run game in 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 uh, Atlanta. If they would have just kept running the ball, they would have won a Super Bowl. What he has done with that run game in San Francisco with uh, Jessica at fullback and just schematically winning at the line of scrimmage with his running backs. You know, those are some of the things that I think, you know, just completely beautiful. And for this team, we are wanting to see how good this coaching staff is going to be. So, you know, how are you going to get Philip Lindsay involved? You mentioned how the you know the Texans won't necessarily have to go through the A gap uh, as much as they did last season. That's a great point. But when Philip Lindsay is out the game, how are you going to get David Johnson involved? Well, we know that we have an improved offensive line and offensive line coach. That's awesome. However, you still want to make his job a whole lot easier, especially if I'm going to who I think would be the third back on this roster depth chart, rather, Mark Ingram. He's coming off an injury year lost his spot to the younger back which was understandable rightfully so but how are you going to get these running backs involved to where you can you know appropriately utilize them you know throughout throughout the game so you know for me the run game is just simply we can't say anything about the run game without the improved offensive line we know that but we talked about that last week but now the ring game is nothing more but a discussion of how will they become actual uh, weapons on this team in a non-conventional way. But that's a way that's a little bit more 2020-ish. Get them involved more creatively. That's that's just my point on that. The Texans have three running backs they can choose from. Bill Barr has nine delicious flavors you can choose from. If you don't know about the Bill Bar flavors, you are definitely missing out. Flavors like mint brownie, flavors like cherry, flavors like double chocolate, flavors like peanut butter brownie. There is literally something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. The best part about it, not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only four grams sugar and only four grams net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Just by going to billboard.com and using promo code 
LOCKED15. Again, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353. $99 at advance, a big chain store. But it only costs $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, can the Clippers follow in the Bucks' footsteps? Get more of the sports news that you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I kind of want to bring this up really quick because we love the game of basketball and we love the NBA. How proud are you of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns? I'm extremely happy for Chris Paul. As we know right here in the city of Houston, and something that he spoke about on Sunday, a lot of people wrote him off and a lot of people said that he was done, that he should retire. And now look at him. He transformed not one organization, but two since leaving the Houston Rockets. I'm happy that we don't have the Lakers or the Warriors in the playoffs because we are really able to see our young, bright stars in the league. I'm happy we're able to see these young guys, but man, to see Chris Paul go out there and kill it, with my favorite kind of game, the mid-range game. Let's talk about the Houston Texans, though. That's why y'all came to the show today. Sorry about that. Uh, Whitney Merciless. Whitney Merciless took a pay cut. He will be putting his hand in the dirt this offseason. But here's a quick conversation that I want to put out there. We can talk about it more on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Are we really... Do we really want to see Merciless play this year? Because scenario, would you rather see Merciless play or would you rather see what the younger rushers on this team can do? I want to mention Jacob Martin. I want to mention Jonathan Gennard. The Texans brought in Jordan Jenkins uh, from the Jets, who 
He's a three-four linebacker. He will not be playing linebacker for this team. We know he'll be putting his hand in the dirt. You know, and also I definitely want to make sure that I'm putting emphasis on Jacob Martin because I think it's fair to say he actually deserves a lot of more playing time. With the limited amount of time that he gets for this team, he still produces very well. Um, but the conversation just came up because I thought to myself, what can Whitney Merciless do for this team that will actually help this team moving forward? And outside of being able to help coach some of these young guys up, there was nothing that I can think of him on the field-wise that can help the team moving forward. I think it all depends on how the Texans start the season. If they, let's say, surprisingly come out the gates and they are what, let's say four and two or, you know, five and one. And no, I do not think that is realistic. But if they start the season all fairly good and, and you're looking at a scenario where the Texans could make a play for the playoffs, then yeah, most definitely you play them because we know how good Whitney Merciless could be. We've seen his Pro Bowl years. We've seen him be held as one of the most underrated. And at the same time, I don't want to say best, but at one point he was trending in that direction for his career. And really quick, since we're talking about Whitney Merciless, I do want to say that I did hear from a source who told me that Whitney Merciless has been working out this entire offseason and he has lost some weight. And that was part of the reason why we saw Whitney Merciless struggle so much during last season because he was a little bit on the heavy side. And not only that, John, because he has one more year left on his contract, that means he's in a contract season. And we have seen time and time again, and this is one of the biggest beef I personally have with Merciless, but we have seen time and time again that he reaches his best self when he's in his contract year no he would not be playing for a new contract for the texans i do believe at the end of the season his time with the houston texans will be done however he's going to use this as an audition and if he gets an opportunity to go out there and showcase what he can do we're going to see the good version of whitney merciless however the texans number one goal this year should not be making the playoffs, winning games, trying to prove that you don't need Deshaun Watson. Their number one goal this year should be developing and seeing what do you have in these young guys, i.e. a Jonathan Gennard, a Jacob Martin, a Charles Aminahua, or whoever the case might be, a Ross Blacklock. Nick Casario needs to see what he have in these young guys because this is the prelude to the Texans rebuild. And if you go out there and get these young guys a chance to play the game of football on an NFL level, there's no telling what the Texans could be in the next two to three years. Because, John, as you and I say here a lot on Locked On Texans, if everything goes right with the Texans rebuild, if Davis Mills develop into the quarterback, we believe he can be the same can be saved for Nico Collins, Bourbon Jordan um, on the defensive side of the ball. Charles Minuhu, Ross Blacklock. If everyone continues trending in the right direction in ownership, let the appropriate people take care of the football aspect of things. The Texans can really have a really good rebuild. And you are looking at a situation where we could be competitive and good in the next two to three years, which means chances are 
Whitney Merciless should not see the field in 2021. That's just my opinion on this, but it all depends on how they start the season. And speaking of a new season, hopefully you guys stick around for this upcoming season when John and I have you covered on everything Houston Texans. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Follow me on Twitter at SomeSportsGod. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Like us on Facebook. Until the next time we talk, ladies and gentlemen, all my friends out there, see you next time. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.